scriptures, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the word today and excited to get to this sermon. Uh, I told the church a little while ago as we were preparing for this service, I've got enough notes to probably preach three messages. So uh, I assure you I'm not going to do that today. Uh, but we may do a part one, part two for next week. We will see. Um, but there's a few things um, that I'd like to say maybe to God more than to you. So I apologize. I know sermons are supposed to be for you. But this morning, uh, there's a few things that I just want to rejoice in God over. And uh, I invite you to rejoice with me. Praise God. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert. And he came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire. Everybody say a fire. Out of the midst of the bush. This fire was not consuming the outside, but it started in the middle. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire. However, the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. Uh, Wednesday night, Brother Victor, he taught on this uh, passage of Scripture. He, he went a different direction than I'm going to go today. Uh, but I'd like to focus on, he focused on uh, the holy ground. I'd like to focus on that burning bush. This morning, I'd like to preach for a little while on burn in, not burn out. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to burn in, but hallelujah, I know God's going to help me not to burn out. How about we go to the Lord in prayer right now? Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for this service. We thank you, Lord, for the rain, Lord God, and, and just allowing our, our ground, Lord Jesus, to be full with that wonderful rainwater. We thank you, Jesus, what you're about to do in this place as you have soaked the ground out there, soaked the ground here with your spirit and your presence. Let every heart, Lord God, recognize you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would make yourself known to every person in this place. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody shout amen. 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 Clap your hands if you're going to preach with me today. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I, I would like to testify for a moment and I apologize. If it seems like I get braggy, because today I'm not, I'm certainly not trying to brag on myself to uplift myself in any way. However, uh, my example is the only example I know because it's me. Hallelujah. And I started to go into this today, and man, I just began to weep and cry as I began considering these facts about my own life in Christ. I know there are several people here. You've only been serving God a little while. That's awesome. Hallelujah. You keep serving the Lord. Amen. 
And there's some people here, you've been serving God all your life. In fact, your, uh, your mama, and they raised you in church, right? You slept under the pew, right? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So today, I'd like to take a minute to talk about what God's done in me. I know that I uh, look young. Praise God. It's the baby face, I guarantee you. Uh, praise the Lord. But I, and I am young. I thank God that I am young. Many people, when they walk in, the first thing they wonder, is that the pastor? Praise the Lord. I thought he was 25. I, I keep, I, people keep telling me they think I'm in my 20s, and I just thank them for it. Praise God. That's, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm not in my 20s. I am uh, about to be 34, and, uh, uh, but with that being said, uh, I am just so thankful that I'm able to say that I've been serving God for quite a while. In fact, February of next year, I will be, have been back living for God for 20 years. And I'm thankful to be able to say that. I turned my life around at age 14. Already at 14, I realized there's nothing in this world for me. I was depressed, I was lonely, I was suicidal, I found that there just didn't seem to be any point living. Hallelujah. I remember laying in my bed, we had a, a, I was shared a room with my little brother, we had bunk beds, he was on the top bunk, I was on the bottom bunk, and I remember soaking my pillow with tears, just thinking, what is the point of life? At that time, I was working a job, even at 14, I was working 40 hours at a Hispanic grocery store, of course, illegally, praise God. Uh, but I was working there, and I worked nonstop, and I did school uh, at night. I hung out with friends on the weekend, and I remember there being an emptiness inside of me that just said, is this really what my life is all about? Am I really just living to work? so that I could see my friends, just to see my friends and then go back to work? Is this the cycle that my life is in? Is this all really that I can look forward to? Praise God. Now that I'm an adult, I can say to 14-year-old Aaron, yeah, that's pretty much it. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I'm so thankful today to say that I knew where to turn. My parents, my dad was a pastor, and although I had not been living for God for many years and I'd walked away from it, I'm thankful that I was able to turn back to Him and know who to call upon. Hallelujah, but I can tell you that I struggled with this. Hallelujah, my life, uh, I struggled with the idea of turning back to Him. There were times when I'd gone to church and I'd prayed through and then I went back and did all my old things again and took part in the world and all my old sins and everything. It never stuck. And I remember that time at age 14, laying in that bed, I talked to God and I've prayed for the first time in a while. And I said, God, I said, I'm desperate. I need you to do something for me. 
because if you don't do something right now, I'm not going to live here much longer. In fact, I gave him an ultimatum. I said, God, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to go to church and I'm going to give it all I got. And I mean all that I got. And I said, if you don't work out for me this time, if it doesn't stick this time, then God, I'm going to go to sex and drugs and alcohol and I'm going to do everything I know that's wrong for me. And when I'm done doing all that, I will kill myself. I said those words specifically to the Lord. Hallelujah, but I can tell you that next Sunday I went and I sat on the very front row. It was out of character. Everybody thought, what in the world is going on here? Right when the altar call was called, I came running down to the altar. I was the first in the altar. I was the last to leave the altar. That Wednesday night, I was the first in the altar. I was the last to leave the altar. That was 20 years ago, and he's not failed me since. That was 20 years ago, and I can faith. I can thankfully say he's been faithful to me. He's preserved me. He's kept me. He's helped me. And now today I can say my life in Christ is officially longer than my life living in the world. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Beyond that, as I said, I told him I was going to give him my all. Look, there's some people, they try to live for God without giving their all, and I'm going to tell you, I don't know if it works. I can't tell you if it works or not. I've, my observation is that they struggle. But the only way I know how to do this thing is all in. That's the only way. I Come on, anybody else know what I'm talking about? The only way I know how to do this thing is I got to be all in. I got to have both feet in the water. I got to be going to church as often as I can. I got to be reading the Bible and praying and worshiping. I got to be in the ministry. I got to be talking to people about Christ. Hallelujah. If you're not all in, then that might be the very problem you're having sticking in the church. Praise God. I didn't mean to start preaching all of a sudden, praise God, but praise the Lord, hallelujah, I, I decided I was going to be all in. It was within a few months, I was, it was, uh, my birthday's July 6th, and uh, it was February when I was 14, February when I turned my life around. It was around July or August when I preached my very first sermon at the age of 15. I didn't know how or why. I just knew I felt like I was called to preach even at that young of age. I went to my dad. I said, listen, I, you know, I know that, that things are going on here and you've got ministers and stuff, but would you give me five minutes to preach someday? Just five minutes is all I need. I, I just, I'd love to get my feet wet. He said, oh, absolutely. Let me look at the calendar and let you know. A couple days later, it was about Thursday or Friday, he came to me and said, Aaron, I think you got the sermon on Sunday night. I said, all right, I'll get together a five minutes. He said, no, 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 you got the whole sermon on Sunday night. Hallelujah. I said, okay, I don't know what I'm going to preach on, but I'm going to preach on something. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, I went and got all the books that I could find of different preachers and I just copied the notes and that's what I preached on that very first sermon. But I can tell you, something was inside of me. Something was burning inside of me. Hallelujah, I wasn't in church a year, but I knew I wanted more of this. I wanted to be more involved. I want to be more, take place more in the ministry. 
Praise God. I remember after preaching that very first sermon, I wept and cried more than anybody else in the altar. I think everybody else just wept and cried out of pity for me. Hallelujah. And I wept and cried, though, and I remember talking to my grandmother, and I told her, I said, this confirms it. I will never do anything else for the rest of my life but to preach the gospel behind a pole. I knew that was all I would ever do. And I'm telling you today, I'm not getting rich off of this. In fact, I get zero payment from the church. I know we're not talk, supposed to talk finances, but let me just tell you, I'm getting zero money from the church. I'm working right now at Dunkin' Donuts, and I wouldn't have it any other way because when you get that fire within you, hallelujah, it doesn't matter what else happens. You just got to go all in and let it burn inside of you. Praise God. I started preaching at 15. I became a youth leader at 16. I became a pastor at 23. Around 24, I was elected in as a district youth secretary in our uh, organization. I was number two in all of Florida and the youth ministry in our organization. I'm not saying any of this to uplift myself, but to say, hallelujah, when you're in, hallelujah, God starts doing things. You let the Holy Ghost work inside of you. I'm telling you, you didn't just get called to sit on a chair somewhere. You didn't get the Holy Ghost just to sit around. No, but God's put a fire in you. Won't you let it burn? Won't you let it burn? Won't you let it spread? And let the Spirit of God do a work not just in you, but in your neighbors, in your friends, and in your family. That's the promise of this. Hallelujah. I know this morning, hallelujah, you came in here because of a personal struggle. We've been talking about this for weeks. You came in here because of a personal struggle or a family struggle or because of this or that some sort of need drives you to the church. But once you're here, you realize God's got the power to meet that need and transform your life. God's got the power to, to meet that need and make, give you a brand new life in the ministry and use you. Praise God. And today, I'm thankful I can say even my life in ministry is officially longer than the life I lived in the world. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not saying all that to brag, but to say thank God. Hallelujah, it's okay to look back every once in a while and say, look where God has brought me from. Look what the Lord has. Come on, there's an old song we used to say. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, come on now. Can you say, look what the Lord has done. How about we stay into our feet for just a moment and let's praise him and say God you've taken me a long way it doesn't matter if you're new to this or if you've been in for 20 years you can testify and say thank God what he's done in my life oh thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord praise God you say pastor well I'm not where I need to be yeah but you're not where you were 
rejoice that you're not where you were because you're still on that journey. And as long as the fire is still in you, hallelujah, he's going to continue to burn out the rest of it. But let's rejoice in the Lord. He's brought us this far. He's brought us this far. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You can be seated. Moses, he noticed the bush on fire. But what made him stop to examine the bush was not that it was on fire, but rather he noticed that it was not being consumed by the fire. Everybody likes to stop and watch a falling star, but soon that falling star will burn out. Hallelujah. How many people have we seen in the media, especially in our day of age with YouTube stars and TikTok and all that, where people get instant fame. All they got to do is appear before a camera. And we see how they don't last very long because that fire, it's so heavy, it attracts so many people, but eventually it burns out. Their life is destroyed. They fall. They do this. They do that. And listen, I'm not trying to pretend like that's not the same in the church community for certainly we've seen many pastors fall. We've seen many ministers fall. We've seen many people rise to fame or recognition even in the church. And in they disappoint us. They fail us. I've got ministers in my life, personal uh, uh, pastors in my life, leaders in my life uh, who's been to jail now because they've done stuff. I'm not here to pretend like that doesn't go on, but I am here to say that there's still a fire that is able to burn within us. Hallelujah. That will allow us to be preserved by the fire. Allow us to be preserved by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. I can testify 20 years later, my life's not been a pancake. Things hasn't been easy. Hallelujah. But as long as I kept myself in the presence of the Lord, the Lord brought me through all of it and that fire's not died. Hallelujah. There were times where it got a little, but man, God set me ablaze again because when He burns inside, if you fuel that fire, He'll never burn out in your heart he'll never burn out in your heart hallelujah and I'd like to talk to some people today where you've been threatened fretting hallelujah you've been worried you've been afraid you've been fearful hallelujah you've had it in your mind that this is only for now and not forever this is just for today and not tomorrow that's not how God works he's the same God today yesterday and forever praise God that means the same God that touched you yesterday and is going to touch you today will be there tomorrow to touch you again why because he's a fire that never goes out he's a fire that never dies he's a water that never stops flowing hallelujah he's rain that never stops pouring that's the God that I serve he's here today he was there yesterday and he'll be there tomorrow 
What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say if you'll let the Holy Ghost consume you, you let the Spirit of God consume you, He will preserve you in the Lord. He will take you from today just like He took you from yesterday. And He'll bring you to that future of tomorrow. He'll allow you not only to thrive today, but to survive till tomorrow. Hallelujah. See, because thank God we get that fire. But there was, it was common in the desert for bushes to catch on fire. It was common because the heat in the desert for anything that had any sort of life to be able to catch on fire. For Moses, yeah, the fire caught his attention. But what really caught his attention was that the fire was not burning out. You want to know a testimony from the Lord? This is the greatest testimony you can have. I served him yesterday, and I served him today, and I'm going to serve him tomorrow. Praise God. Hallelujah, my wife has this testimony where she never really fell from God. Certainly she was never perfect. She failed and sinned and done all that, but she continued in the, in the house of God. She continued going to church and serving the Lord in the midst of all that. She has that testimony. I've known other people who've had the same testimony. They say, Pastor, I don't have a testimony. Nothing's ever happened to me. You got people coming in and they're gangbangers and they're talking about, you know, they, they had to throw the, the gun outside when they're in church and, you know, <laughs> all this, all this crazy. Uh, hey, I've seen it, praise God. We had people in, in my father's church who were very similar to that. Hallelujah. So, you know, I don't have that kind of crazy testimony where God did this amazing thing. I said, listen, you've got the greatest testimony out of anybody because you can say, my God is faithful. And my God will, has never let me go. Hallelujah. And today I'm not trying to, to bash anybody who's fallen away from God. But you're back. You're back. Because the Lord would not let you go. Because the Lord held on to you. Because the Lord said you're, you're not going anywhere. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see, that's the hand of God that's able to keep us and to help us. If we could go to John chapter 10, verse 28. John chapter 10, verse Brother Kavan, I trusted that you're well on that computer. I did not put the scriptures in the computer today. Hallelujah. But you're, you're good enough. You can, you can do it. So I knew that. John chapter 10, verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. No man can pluck them out of my hand. Oh, he's got a grip that's too strong. You can't pry those fingers open. No man can pluck them out of my, my hand. Why? Verse 29. Hallelujah. 
My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Hallelujah. You mean to tell me that the God that parted the waters from Moses and the children of Israel is not able to protect you from temptation or sin or addiction? You mean that the God that I serve, who's strong enough to set a fire ablaze within a bush and that bush not be consumed, that he's not able to hold on to you and keep you in the church and keep you in the faith and keep your morals strong? and keep your ethics strong and keep your standards strong. Oh, I'm here to tell you, hallelujah, if he's powerful enough to do those things, he's powerful enough to hold on to you and say, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No man shall pluck you out of my hand. No man is able to take you from me. Hallelujah, as long as I've got a plan for your life, don't worry about it. You're in my hand. Oh, everybody say, I'm in his hands. Oh, hallelujah, I'm in his hands. I'm in his hands. Praise God. That means that nothing that comes against me, it may affect me, but it will not ruin me. Hallelujah. All of our walks with God have been affected from time to time. All of us have struggled from time to time. I'm not here to pretend like we don't struggle or that we're not going to fall. Absolutely, we will fall. Hallelujah. But in general, we see a hand of God that holds us. Why? Because He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins when we confess them to Him. Hallelujah. He's saying, listen, even though you're falling You're not going to fall out of my hands. If you will call upon me again, I'm going to preserve you and hold you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, very famous passage of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. Now this is a warning to all of us. 1 Corinthians 10. And verse 12, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Now, though I'm preaching about the Lord preserving us and holding on to us, no man shall pluck us out of his hands. It's important to note we ourselves can mess it up. We ourselves can remove ourselves from his hand. So he said, don't, don't, be, don't just assume that everything's going to always be perfect. Don't assume you're never going to be tempted. Don't assume you're never going to have struggles. In this life, you will have struggles. In this life, you will have hardships. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Hallelujah. Whatever happens to them in the world, it happens to the church as well. Hallelujah. So he's saying that don't don't sit there and just pretend or presume that you're never going to have hard times. Because if you do that, the moment you hit that hard time, you're going to throw up your hands and say, well, I guess God let go. Hallelujah. But my God's able to hold on to us in the midst of the struggles and temptations. Verse 13. Hallelujah. 
Verse 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, meaning you're not special. You're, you're not unique in your, your temptation. All of us have struggled in similar ways. Uh, if not in that specific area, then in other ways we've struggled in that. The Bible says there's three sources of temptation. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Every one of us have been tempted in those three areas. And I'm not here to say that your life is easier, my life is easier. He's saying in general, temptation is common to man. But God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. Who will not suffer you, will not allow you to be tempted above that ye are able to. Praise God. Now, I know often this is where we start backing up and we hoot and holler and we clap our hands and we get excited. We're never, ever going to face a temptation we can't handle. But look, we got to continue to read. But he will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. You ever come to an obstacle where you said, God, I just can't handle this. God, I just can't do this. God, this is just too much for me. Listen, you weren't lying and the scriptures aren't lying. It is too much for you. But he made a way of escape. And that is the spirit of God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's been times where I said, God, I have nothing to give. And he says, that's all right. You lean on me. I made a way of escape. You don't know it yet, but I've already made the path. I've already created a direction for you. Hallelujah. Just lean on me. I am faithful. I will not leave you in your temptation. I will not leave you in your hardships. But I've made a way. Somebody shout, he's made a way. He's made a way. Hallelujah. I've been that to that point so many times the last 20 years. I said, God, if you don't come through for me, I don't think I'm going to make it. And he's never failed me yet. He is faithful. He is faithful. Hallelujah. He is faithful. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to embarrass her now, but my sister Veronica, I remember not too long ago when she had lost her son and I sat down with her in her home and, and we were talking about it and, and discussed it. it was only a few days after she had lost her son and, and I, I don't remember the exact wordage but she said something of the effect of though I love him and I miss him I trust in God. I trust in God. Hallelujah. And listen, I prayed for you, sister. I prayed for you. And I prayed for you. Hallelujah. That's something that'll take somebody out of the church. That'll destroy their belief. But you've stood. And you've been faithful. And God's been faithful. And you've made it. Hallelujah. So far. Praise God. And I don't mean to just put the light on you. And I'm sorry if I embarrass you. But I'm trying to say if God can preserve her through that, he'll preserve you through anything whatsoever you go through you're in his hands and he'll make a way of an escape so that you can bear whatever it is hallelujah you're gonna make it 
You're going to make it. With the Lord's help, you're going to make it. With the Lord's help, you're going to make it. You might have to do it alone, but you're going to make it. Maybe everybody else falls around you, but you're going to make it. Why? Because the Lord has you in His hand. And He is faithful. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1. Hallelujah. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 1. I'm going to go through to verse 3. Finally, my brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful. But the Lord is faithful. Who will establish you and keep you from evil. Hallelujah. The Lord is faithful. I've seen people live for God in the midst of abuse. I've seen people live for God in the midst of addiction. And I'm not saying that you should have to live in those things. I'm saying that God is able to hold you in them. But I'm also saying that God is faithful and He wants to bring you out of it. He wants to keep you from evil. He's going to prepare your path. Oh, I can tell you today, there's so many times when my life should have ended or my life should have been ruined, my ministry should have been ruined, yet God was faithful. He was faithful to me. I can think of so many times where I was on the verge of almost leaving this world for one reason or the other, but the Lord preserved me. He established me. I can think of several times when my ministry almost got ruined because of one situation or another situation. I remember being in my father's church. I was a youth pastor. I was a little older at this point. I wasn't 15 or 16. I believe I was 18 or 19. And uh, I was not married. And uh, uh, one of the, the young ladies there, she began to spread rumors that her and I were in a relationship and we were doing things. And, and it was all this, this mess. I didn't know about it until weeks later. I started realizing the people in my youth group were acting different toward me and nasty toward me. And finally, I sat one of them down and just said, what's going on? And she said, well, you, you, you've been out there preaching and telling us we shouldn't do this and shouldn't do that and keep from doing this. And yet you're out there doing it. So what, what do you mean? What are you talking about? She said, this lady told us that you did this and you did that. She told her specifically the night. I did go to her house that night, as well as about six other young people. I said, listen, you can talk to all of them. They can confirm that we had never parted from the group. I was with them the whole time. She said, she, but you've been leaving voicemails on her phone. I said, I don't even have her number in my phone. <laughs> Hallelujah, God had just set it up perfectly where I had, uh, every, everything was aligned up and, and my reputation was preserved. 
Hallelujah. I could just say thank you, Jesus, for keeping me from evil, for preserving me and protecting me. Hallelujah. Now, some of that came through wisdom. Hallelujah. It's wise to avoid being alone with women or, or someone of the opposite sex. Hallelujah. But it was also God who kept me and preserved me. I remember one time we had somebody as a pastor, somebody that was very upset with my wife and I uh, over just silliness. I don't have time to go into all of it. They're very upset with us. I sent them an email uh, just trying to reach out to them, just trying to be kind. Another person in the church who had still been coming to our church, he asked me for a meeting and he came and he started telling me all the bad things I said to them and I had done to them and, and all this. And I said, well, what are you talking about? He said, oh, I, they told me about the email you sent. They told me the whole thing. I said, well, did you read it yourself? He said, well, no, they just told me about it. I said, well, here. And I handed him the phone and let him read the email. He said, all right, well, they lied to me then. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I, I know these are just stories, but I'm just saying the Lord is able to keep you and preserve you. Hallelujah. Protect you from evil. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Hebrews 7 and verse 25. Now, listen, I, I want you to hear this. This is just, this is just amazing. Hebrews 7 and 25. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost. That word all uttermost means all complete or perfection. That come unto him, unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. That means he's got you in his hands and he is still interceding on your behalf. Have you ever heard the prayers of Jesus in heaven as he prayed and said, God, you see, they're about to go through this. Protect them from that. You say, oh, Jesus doesn't do that. He did it to Peter. He prayed for Peter that the devil would not get the best of him because he knew he would be tempted. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. He prayed for Peter. You better believe he's still making intercession for you. You better believe you're going to make it because you're in his hands and he's interceding on your behalf. First Thessalonians 5.23 And I'm about to come to a close. First Thessalonians 5.23 And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit your whole soul and your whole body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this, verse 24. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Everybody shout, he's faithful. First Corinthians 1, verse 8. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 and verse 9. Is this all right? Can we just look at some scriptures and remind ourselves of the faithfulness of God? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. It says, Who shall also confirm? Hallelujah. Who shall also confirm? That word confirm, it means to make firm, to establish. Who shall also establish you? Unto the end. 
that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, God is faithful. God is faithful. Next week, we're going to talk about faithfulness. We're going to talk about us being faithful. But this week, I want to remind you, God's faithful to you. He's faithful. He's determined for you to make it. He's determined for you to make it. Hallelujah. Jesus said over and over again, right before his death, he prayed and said, God, I thank you for you have preserved and kept them so that I have lost none. Talking about the disciples. Hallelujah. Consider this. How about we stand today? I've got more, but I'm going to end here. Hallelujah. Consider this with me. These guards come. These guards come to take Jesus. But when they do, you've got a man who sometimes isn't wise, sometimes doesn't act in the most wise manner, a disciple of Christ, a man who's got a plan, a man who's got a purpose in the church, a man named Peter. Peter takes out a sword. And before they get their hands on Jesus, Peter swipes the ear off of one of the soldiers. Now consider this, the Bible communicates like it's, it's an army coming after him. It's at the very least a group of soldiers coming after him. I was thinking about this the other day, Brother Victor. Why didn't they take those swords and staves that Jesus mentioned and right then and there pierce Peter through to the heart? Why didn't they, when they saw that sword come out, why didn't they slash him, destroy him right then and there? But all of a sudden the Bible says Jesus stops everything. Hallelujah. I thought, how, how is that possible? How are they not attacking him? Well, the Bible says that when Jesus spoke the very first time, all the soldiers fell backwards. And I can see it in my mind. Peter swipes the ear off. They're coming after Peter and Jesus says, stop. He bends down. He takes the ear and he puts it back on the head of the servant and heals the servant. The Bible says they, that he did this so that he could continue to speak the testimony that he lost none. He healed that ear because Peter was a little too bold. He could have been struck down but Jesus preserved him. Jesus kept him. This morning, I don't know who I'm talking to, but, but I, I hope I'm talking to everybody. I hope everybody today can say, you know what, there is a fire in me and I don't want it to go out. 
I don't want to lose this relationship with Christ. And I know how easily sin can pull me out of the church and relationships can pull me out of... Oh, praise God, I'm going to start preaching again. Hallelujah, relationships can pull me out of the church and, and jobs can pull me out of church. And hallelujah, stinking thinking can pull me out of the church. I know all these things that I'm up against. But the Lord says, stop! This one's mine. This one's mine. This one's mine. They're in my hand. I've got them. This one, oh, I feel God saying that for somebody today. He's calling out, hallelujah, in confirmation to you and saying, this one's mine. And I have lost none. I've lost none. No man can pluck you out of my hands. I will preserve you. I will keep you. Why? Because he's faithful. Pastor, I don't deserve it. Me neither. I don't, for, I don't deserve his love. I don't deserve his mercy. I don't deserve his grace. I don't deserve to be in the hand of God. I've got so many regrets. But he's faithful nonetheless. He died for me nonetheless. He's willing to go on that cross for me. Certainly he's willing to hold me in his hand. Hallelujah, I'm pulling this to a close. Hallelujah, but I want to let someone know. Hallelujah, today he's got the power to establish you to hold you. Nothing and no one is able to pull you out of his hand. No one. Everybody shout, no one. Nothing. Everybody shout, nothing. Nothing is able as long as I continue to give myself to him and continue to say, God, I can't, but you can. Hallelujah, I'm wondering if I could get some people right now who'd come down to this altar and state those very words, God, I can't but you can. Maybe you're struggling in your walk with God. That's all right. Would you come down? Maybe you're not struggling with your walk with God, but you can feel it in your heart. You can feel that fire burning in you and you say, God, I want you to burn even greater within me. Hallelujah. I don't want you to burn out in my heart. Hallelujah. Here we invite everybody.